The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I've got a lot of questions for our next guest, Congressman Denver Riggleman, a Republican from Virginia. And I just want to get right into it. Congressman, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here, buddy. All right. I got to first ask you about this drive through convention and what the heck happened and and what your future plans are for post-November 3rd. Just where, where is Denver Riggleman today in relation to that drive through convention from the other month in which I, I guess you, you, you lost to some – to, to your opponent and and a I I can't call it a primary because it was a conve- a drive through convention where was it like McDonald's I don't I still don't really understand. It was in a church parking lot about five minutes from his house. So what happens is is that the committees in Virginia control everything right It's not a state run process it doesn't have to be so if a committee member or committee chair doesn't like you. They'll try to do something ridiculous to get you out of there, regardless of how well you're serving, because you refer, you refuse to pay them off. You refuse to, you know, be part of their little clique or their little, you know, little posse that they have. So I'm not much of a guy to kiss anybody's ring. So they 2,500 people disenfranchised a couple hundred thousand, try to get, try to make sure the um, periods where people can sign up is really low. And then after that, try to kick out somebody they don't like. And that's what happened. And so Bob Good, who now is a former Campbell County supervisor and former employee of the Liberty University Athletics Department, uh, he will, I guess, be the the nomination. What what are you what are you planning in terms of your future? Uh, what what, what are, are you going to go in the private sector? I know you have a small business with your family, but what where where is Denver Riggleman in terms of his future? Is there a political future in your in your I don't, crystal ball? I don't even know if that makes sense. <laughs> well, I think there is. I think there is. And, you know, most people want me to run statewide. And that's really what it comes down to because, you know, I didn't have much of a real election. Um, it wasn't a primary. It wasn't a convention. I sort of got booted out in a Dairy Queen, you know, type of scenario. So most people are like, listen, you would have won a primary 80 to 20. You're very popular in the state. Why don't you run for governor? And I'm, I'm sort of considering it. You're, so you heard that here, that, that Congressman Denville Riggleman is considering, in fact, running for governor of Virginia. Would you run as a Republican or would you run as an independent? Well, you know, I'm, you know, it's tough to run as an independent, but I'm pretty independent-minded. And there's certainly a lot of people who would ask that I run as an independent. But I think you got to – it's going to be a hard decision for me. You know, I real Republican ideals – that's me. But right now, the Virginia Republican Party is so broken that I got to make a tough decision. And a lot of that might be, you know, what is a Republican? Get the funding. But I'm not much of kissing the ring. One is an independent. Maybe it is time for a third party run. We should see. It's it's going to be fascinating. And please make sure that uh, I guess when would you have to make that decision by? I would say I'm going to make that decision probably by 
I don't know, September, October, September. Uh, somewhere around that time. Okay. Yeah, and the thing is, is that we're doing so well as a family. You know, Kevin, I just became a grandfather yeah. twice over in the last few weeks. Congratulations, um, twins. Yes. Uh, well, my, I had two daughters pregnant that were due just a week or two apart. Wow. So pretty crazy. Um, our business is doing incredible. My DOD, you know, it's Department of Defense and Counterterrorism, Kevin, so my opportunities are limitless. They were before I came into Congress. I, this didn't make me. You know, this wasn't my career. So it's interesting that a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, the same thing I would have done if I won. I want to sit on my back deck and sip a bourbon, right? This isn't, you know, this, this wasn't my career field, right? This isn't something that I live or die for. This is a service job, and it's me representing 740,000 people that was taken away from me because I refused to be corrupt. I refused to kiss the ring. I refused to commit to supporting anything even close to racism or bigotry. That's what cost me. So now I don't have to do it. You got to want to do it, and I think that's what puts me in a in a unique position. Other people don't don't have the luxury of being able to choose based on service rather than this being a career. It's uh, all right. Well, well, as you weigh that decision, Congressman Denver Riggleman, a Republican from Virginia's fifth congressional district, please, please uh, keep us in the loop because we we want to know exactly what that happens. And I said it, I think on air. When all this went down, uh, you know, it. I think there was a, a publication in Arizona that equated you to, or compared you to a new type of political maverick. So it'll be very fascinating to see where that happens. All right, uh, enough about your political future, and let's talk now about pressing matters of the day because you uh, are wrapped up in these economic negotiations for the stimulus. Are Republicans going to get on board? Are they going to get behind one cohesive message? What has to be done to provide some economic relief? Well, you know, like on the Hill, Kevin, you've been up here for a while. You yep. know, the uh, Senate wants $1 trillion, the House wants $4 million, and the way negotiations have gone up here it probably will be 1 plus 4 equals 5, right? It'll be yeah. $5 trillion. Um, but it, <laughs> it's going to be somewhere in between. And I know it's sort of funny, but it's not, right? It, it, it'd be funny if it wasn't true. And, and it's hard to I comprehend the amount of money. I mean, these are such big amounts of money that I, it's so hard to comprehend. Go ahead. Well, talk about big amounts of money. You know, there's between a half trillion and a trillion dollars that's gone on spent. And that's and me being a former CEO, you're starting to get conversations up here. Well, money that hasn't been spent in a certain bucket, is that money fungible? Right. Can we transfer that money to another line? So instead of automatically increasing spending in every single line, why don't we look at the money that hasn't been spent and see if that can be reallocated? And I think that idea is really starting to gain some popularity up here. And, you know, I got a question earlier, Kevin, about the stimulus checks and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, our Republicans form the stimulus checks are probably one of the least uh, the least of our problems that we have in this bill. Right. As far as compromise is concerned or as far as talking about is concerned, really, it is about that massive gap between four trillion and one trillion dollars. And what what the Democrats want to do in the House and uh, the far left wants to do in the House and what normal individuals want to do everywhere else. So are you confident that there will ultimately be a deal? I am. I mean, you know, there's some things in here that are actually really good, you know, especially when, you know, I originally was on the small business team with Kevin Brady. And, you know, people don't realize, you know, I have a company, you know, Kevin, I had to spend between thirty and $40,000 just to get, just to expand my area uh, outside my distillery. One of my, both of the, my distilleries, just to keep up with the, you know, all the uh, CDC rules and the Virginia workplace rules, right? We've had yeah. to spend, and talk about employee training. I mean, you're talking... 
I would, I would say between sixty and eighty thousand we've spent just to keep open. So you know, you got wow. workplace tax credits, which are really, really important, right? You got things like that. You got technical changes in the in in the checks right now that college age dependents can now get checks, which last time they sort of fell through the cracks. So there's a lot of good things here, but the the bad things are, you know, looking at you know hundreds of billions of dollars for certain types of aid instead of the money that we already have in place. Um, and that's the thing too is again we have almost a trillion dollars that has not been spent. Let's reallocate first. Let's actually be smart about this and look at it as a business case rather than throwing taxpayer dollars after dollars that haven't been spent yet. You uh, you uh, are also a member of the. Uh, China Task Force, which is a group of bipartisan lawmakers who are looking at the uh, policies with regards to U.S.-China relations. Uh, Give me an update on where things stand with the China Task Force. Well, you know, a lot of the the meetings are fantastic. We just um, had a meeting with um, Secretary Esper, you know, Secretary of Defense, Secretary Esper, which was fantastic on 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 a classified briefing on what's going on with China. But Right now, my work is really centered on what are we going to do economically about Belt and Road, the Belt and Road Initiative? What are we going to do about hypersonics? What are we going to do about space? You know, I'm on the national security and the technology pillars. I'm the co-chair for each one of those pillars. And, you know, my 26 years background in in either military, DOD, intelligence space, and and what I did in the critical infrastructure, cyberspace, Kevin, what I've done in non-kinetic warfare, you know, and it's just been a, it's been a lot of fun to be able to apply that, and it's also been a lot of fun. I'll take Evan out of the 435 in here. I have a unique skill set, right? Since I haven't been in politics, I've been able to talk to this in a way a lot of people haven't. I think what right. you're going to see in the China Task Force report is a lot of Denver Riggleman generated technical um, recommendations to combat China and to fill in those gaps where we're, we're threatened by them. Can you stick around for a couple more minutes so I can ask you about the Purple Heart? Uh, week bill resolution oh, that oh, you're yeah the purple star bill absolutely yeah Happy all right so it. stick around after purple. Bill, but I just want to get you on the record we, we, you heard it here you Congressman it. Denver Riggleman is seriously are you seriously considering a run for governor of course I, I'm not going to consider it but I'm not serious about it but again I haven't made a final decision because it's a family decision but I am I'm seriously considering it of course all right more with Denver Riggleman up next I'm Kevin Cirilli chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg television and for Bloomberg radio what's on my radar is something I, I've always wanted to ask Congressman Riggleman but I never had enough time and today I thought I am making the time uh, and that is on purple star families this is a yeah uh, you and I have talked about this Congressman Riggleman this is something that impacted your family um, veterans you have served in in the intelligence community but Purple Star families, um, veterans who have lost their lives due to their struggle with suicide. And tell me about your resolution and if you feel comfortable, your personal connection to it. Sure. The resolution would be that for a week that we would honor the families uh, of those military members uh, that committed suicide. You know, it's the invisible wounds of war. And we had a lot of families that feel completely left out and alone. You know, and so do these members. And as we look at mental health and we look at suicides, I thought this was an appropriate step to make sure that these families that have gone through such hardships, you know, should, you know, be identified as Purple Star families and have a week where we remember those who, you know, died from those invisible wounds. And, and for me, you know, my uncle, um, my uncle committed suicide, you know, he was a, a pilot and, um, you know, back in, in the 70s. And, and I think that I've, I've known that story since I was a kid and everybody never knew why, you know, that that happened. Wow. And, I, and now that I've been around and I was in the military and I've seen some things and done some things and been around the world and have gone through my own trials and tribulations, right, with, with places that I've been and, and things that, that I've seen, um, you want to make sure these families are taken care of. And that's just something so dear to me. I think we have about 70 co-sponsors already. And, and boy, wouldn't that be something, you know, to, to recognize those families and, and, those, and those service members. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.